A couple of my uh, nephews, two of my nephews at least, um, had played uh, rugby when they were in high school and college. Uh, one of them still plays, he's out of college, but he plays in, in kind of a club league, I guess. I've gone to a couple of the games over the years. It's pretty, I don't know if you've, I'm sure you've, some of you have seen rugby. It's kind of crazy. It's like a very intense, pretty violent game. Um, it's kind of like football without pads and equipment in some respects. I, um, I got this video, uh, a friend of mine sent me this video uh, a couple, about a year ago, and it was, a, it was the World Rugby World Cup. Uh, Two years ago is when it took place, and it was in Japan. And this particular clip, it was a game. It was uh, New Zealand was playing Ireland. And it wasn't the final, but it was you know, one of the games. Uh, but what he sent me, actually, in the video wasn't even, it wasn't even the game. It was this moment uh, right before the game started, pre-game kind of ceremonies. Um, both teams are on the field. And uh, you, can just, you can just feel the intensity. Like, there's just this, I don't know if they're a particular rivalry. It seems like maybe they are. Uh, I don't even know, but it was, it was intense. Um, and then the crowd is massive. Must have been 100,000 people in this arena in Japan. Um, while the two teams are kind of facing each other, this pre-game thing, kind of spontaneously, uh, the, the crowd, or the Irish crowd, begins to sing this song, a uh, very famous Irish folk song. It's called The Fields of Athenry. So like within a couple of seconds, you realize you can hear it, and it's like, yeah, like 50,000 people singing this. Again, uh, on one level spontaneously, on another level, not so much. It was really kind of a response to something that was happening on the field with the New Zealand team, kind of what, what they were doing. Um, it was this like tribal war dance that the New Zealand team was beginning to uh, perform, I guess. I had never heard of it, it's called Hakka. Anybody ever hear of it? Yeah, some people, Hakka. Really interesting, it dates back to uh, kind of the indigenous people of uh, New Zealand. Very, very kind of tribal sounding experience. Uh, they would chant it um, when they were preparing for battle, the indigenous tribes. So what the team did is they adapted this um, and they perform it right before the game starts. So the, the opposing team is standing there and then they, they, they begin to do this kind of wild experience. They kind of get in this triangular formation, I think, and they kind of crouch down, like almost like squatting. And um, they start in unison. They start stomping their feet, and they're like, you know, pounding their chest, and they're like hitting their arms, and they just do all these kind of like totally aggressive gestures. Like their eyes are like bulging uh, out of their sockets, and they're chanting. Like you don't know what they're saying. It's kind of it's like this indigenous. It's like to us, it'd be kind of like gibberish. So it's just very um, primal, kind of very sort of. Tribal and totally what they're trying to say is we're going to battle and we are not taking prisoners. It's completely the intention is to dominate and to kind of intimidate the people they're about to compete with. Um, so anyway, somewhere along the way, this New Zealand 
team adapted it, and that's become part of their pregame exercise, I guess. And that, because of that, this song, the Irish kind of responded in the, in the crowd with this song. Anyway, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, it was a pretty interesting, the whole song thing was kind of cool. I mean, I, I love the Irish music and all, but, but this haka thing is really my point. It was, uh, it kind of was intimidating. It was like, what are they doing? Um, so not the way Jesus was. Like, Jesus never would have done haka. Sounds like a drug or something, but Jesus never would have, like, performed this haka thing, ever. Um, It was so not his way. He never stared people down or shouted people down. He never bullied people into submission. You never saw Jesus, like, snarling and almost growling the way this rugby team was. We know that. We know Jesus was not that way. First of all, we've got a million examples in the Gospels where he said the opposite. He said things like, turn the other cheek. Pray for your persecutors and you know, love your enemies. That was not what Haka was communicating at all. It would be the opposite. Was like, we're going to kill you. You will be dead before this game is over. It's kind of what they were trying to communicate. Um, so we know it from what Jesus said, but we also know it in a very particular way from this gospel we heard, not the passion, but the one that Deacon Mike just read at the beginning, Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem. And we know this story. They're putting down the, the palms and their cloaks, and they're, like, they're treating him like he's a king because they believed he was going to come in and just take over. The Messiah had finally had, had arrived. But then look at, look at what he comes in on. Look at the, his mode of entry. He says, there's going to be a donkey. Go get this donkey, because I'm going to ride this donkey in. Donkeys don't inspire, do they? They don't communicate power or authority or might. I think they communicate probably the opposite, if anything. They're kind of meek and mild and not very smart. Like, why didn't he come in like on a horse, like a big stallion, like a warrior? That's what they were waiting for. That's what they wanted. They wanted to, every, they wanted the, this occupying government to be driven out. And this warrior Messiah would be the one, like on a horse. I mean, think of the movies that we've seen forever. I think, I'm thinking like Indiana Jones, the great scene. This, I guess, I think, yeah, it was. It was the first, the first one. What was, what was the, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Remember that great scene where he's, the truck, there's, there's, the, the truck has got the, uh, the, the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant in it, and he's, he's chasing it. He's on this horse. He eventually, he jumps on the truck, and it's, it's a wild scene. But right prior to that, it's a great Spielberg moment. Like, you see this, this, this tent. This, they're in the desert. And come out of the tent comes Harrison Ford on this giant horse. Like, he's going to war. That's not what this gospel, that is not what Jesus was communicating. Think of Mel Gibson in Braveheart. Same point. Strutting around on this giant horse, taunting the English. I mean, think of, think of 
every movie John Wayne has ever been in, pretty much. He was kind of always on a horse, always sort of like warrior. He was fighting and winning. Picture the Duke on a donkey. Like, it doesn't cut it, right? It's like, no way. I don't think that was just an incidental. It wasn't like, oh yeah, just go find a donkey. Like, he was totally trying to make a statement. He was positively trying to communicate to us who he was and also who he wouldn't be. He wasn't going to be what they expected. There would be no haka moments for Jesus. He'd win people over by respect and mercy and humility and kindness, not by muscle and by mouth. I mean, think about it. Think of the people that have, that have had the most impact on you, or at least the, mo- the most positive impact on you. It wasn't, it wasn't muscle and mouth. It wasn't intimidation. It was mercy and humility and kindness. That's why we love them. That's why we listen to them. That's why they influenced us. And there's maybe other people who you're like, well, I actually was influenced by other people, and they were the opposite. Yeah, you're right. And their way didn't work because you don't have a lot of respect for them and the approach that they took, like might makes right. No, it doesn't. Sometimes in the short term it might. You know, the biggest guy on the bus, well, yeah, in the moment on the, on the bus ride from the, to getting on the bus to, to the school, yeah, maybe he kind of rules the bus. But long term, when you've graduated and years later you come back to a, a reunion and you're like, man, you were just a, you were just a bully. That was not Jesus' way. And come on, very practically, if it wasn't his, it can't be ours. And sometimes it is ours. I think we do the, you know, might makes right approach. You know, I, um, I used to, some of you know this, I used to have a dog, her name was Kelly, and she was a Wheaton Terrier. She, uh, I had her for about 14 years. She died, I had to put her down two years ago. So I, I said to myself, I, I wasn't gonna go about and get a dog right away. I kind of wanted the freedom of not having one. And I wanted to take, give it time and see if I, did want to really, in fact, get another one. Well, I do. I've kind of decided, you know, a couple of months ago, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get one. It's time to get one. So I'm getting close right now. I think there's a particular one that I've been talking to this breeder, and in a couple of weeks, I'm going to get it. Um, so I've been reading up on puppy training because I know I didn't do a very good job with Kelly. Um, she was kind of a nut, and... Um, Part of the reason she was a nut was because of me, because I just, in retrospect, I didn't always train her the right way. Um, I didn't read any books about it. I just kind of figured, yeah, I'll kind of do it. We had dogs growing up, you know. Well, this book is amazing. It's, uh, this guy is like, a, he's a vet, he's an animal behaviorist. He's like, kind of like this dog whisperer guy. And his whole thing is, don't teach by domination. Don't teach by intimidation. It's not gonna work. And he makes it clear, like repeatedly, listen, no, no, we gotta be the boss. And there's a process of getting the dog, the puppy, to realize that. We're in charge, they're not. But you don't do it by intimidating or physically controlling the dog. 
because it is just going to blow up. It's going to backfire. He talks about this thing called a alpha roll. I never heard of this thing. It was this technique that dog trainers used to use. They used to think this is the way you get a puppy to listen to you, to get a puppy to realize, okay, I'm not in charge, but the owner is in charge. An alpha roll. Very simply, it was like you'd pin the dog on its back. It was like, like a wrestling match. Take the dog, get it on its back, which it usually will resist, and then lay on it and hold it down. And it's going to fight like crazy, right? You're bigger, you're stronger, hold it down. Eventually, it's going to submit. It's going to give up. And they thought, like, in that moment, in that submission, it would be all over. And it would now know, okay, you're in charge, and I'll do whatever you want. And they now say, like, absolutely not. Like, might doesn't make right. Oh, yes, in that moment, okay, you're laying on the dog, you pinned it. It's like, okay, you won that match. But it is not going to get the dog. It kind of traumatizes the dog. This is what the guy says. He says, doing that is as, is as stupid as it is cruel. It's like the haka thing. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win you over by just beating you down. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work with people and it doesn't work with dogs. Maybe, maybe for, uh, for rugby, haka works. <laughs> it's a game, you know, competitive. I get it. Fine. But when we transfer that to more significant things, like how we treat people, how we raise our kids, how we treat our friends. The donkey approach is the way to do it. I mean, we should do it, number one, because he did it. But don't even consider his, think about this, like, think about the people in your life. Think about the times when you really did get to somebody, somebody who was opposing you, I'll bet you it was, it was way more often when you appealed to them through kindness, through muscle, rather than muscle. So if it's rugby, okay. Or any other kind of competition, okay. But pretty much everything else, people and puppies, there's a different way. It's his way. That's the only way.